0: So we've been all fricking, you know, aren't the Niners awesome, awesome, awesome since the the show started? And rightfully so. They just won a football game. These things, uh, football games never have been, never will be easy to do. Uh, let me go ahead real quickly, though, and just uh, get Dr. Hughes' chat to calm down for a little while there. We'll get back to ways to contact Dr. Hughes. But if you needed it, I hopefully you, you wrote it down already. We'll get back there. But... Um, while I'm keeping an eye here on the chat, I'm going to scroll up so I don't miss anything. I'm going to rewind just a little bit. That way, if you all get going crazy, Andy's like, is that private parts on your bookshelf? Sure is, man. Absolutely. Howard Stern, private parts right there. I got to learn how to move on the on the screen right there. Um, it's been all happy, 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 joy, joy, joy. Where's the one thing to complain about? Because there is absolutely one thing to complain about in this game here. And I don't know if Kyle's addressed this yet. He's going to be asked about it. I wonder what bullshit he pulls out of his pants. Because at the end of this first half, Kyle just gave away a possession. And I really don't understand why, given the circumstances under which he gave it away. Seattle is running plays inside of its own five-yard line. So they're backed up in their own end zone. A 10-second runoff is declined. Uh, You can decline a 10-second runoff after the Drew Locke illegal forward pass, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. So there's a 10-second runoff that you can decline. He doesn't decline it. So then... Bosa eats up the third down play and instead of calling a timeout, instead of calling a timeout and having 10 more seconds because you just declined the runoff with a short field and three timeouts, Kyle's just like, yeah, we're good. We're going to go into the locker room. You telling me you didn't want to set up Nick Moody for a field goal? You didn't want to take one or two stabs at the end zone? There's got to be a reason why, right? Nobody's that bad at clock management. There's no way he's that bad. There must be a reason attached to this other than, yeah, I gave up on a half. I didn't want a possession. There's got to be something. I haven't heard what the explanation is yet, but there's got to be something there, right? There just has to be. By the way, the Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 2017. Second straight loss at Arrowhead for the Chiefs, right? After losing to the Eagles a week before? Did they have a game in between at Arrowhead or weren't they on the road last week? I can't even remember. But um, what was Kyle thinking? Did he, want, did he want to work on some route adjustments? Did he want to work on some pass pro adjustments? Was he worried about somebody getting hurt, pretty hurt? Was he, I don't understand why with all of your timeouts and the opportunity to be playing on a short field with about 40 seconds left, you'd say, nah, we're good. Oh, and by the way, Seattle's getting the ball to start the third quarter. So that was weird some questions there. But it's weird. True Blue forever. Damon crossed the bridge for a guardsman tree yesterday. Thank you very much, True Blue. And in doing so, you sent a kid to summer camp for a day. A kid who is a Bay Area at-risk youth who might be a foster child who certainly, under so many circumstances, has one parent, if any, at home, has a guardian, if not actual parents— At-risk youth is a very big umbrella that you can throw a lot of kids under here in the Bay Area. And what we do is we get those kids out of the concrete jungle, send them up to camp in Mendocino, let them be kids, let them put the phone down, let them enjoy the outdoors, let them play together. And in the application process, candidates who are identified that can be put into private schools and have the arc of their educations changed forever is what the guardsmen do. We provide campership and scholarship to Bay Area at-risk youth. And even though our trees are a little bit more expensive than everywhere else, there's a reason why. It's because every tree pays for a day of summer camp for a Bay Area kid. So thank you, True Blue Forever. And we got great trees, too. Beautiful, noble fir Christmas trees. So uh, MJ wants to know, what kind of schmear, Damon? Was it fancy schmancy schmear? Uh, Thank you very much, uh, uh, Golden State Lakota and MJ. If you must know, it was the schmear with locks and then the other one with some veggies put in it. So that's the way we went today. I want to talk a little bit about Greg Olson As we move here into our second hour of postgame after the 49ers beat the Seahawks 28 16 on a day where Brock Purdy threw for a career best 368 yards. The career high two touchdowns, an interception for Brock this afternoon, a multiple touchdown game for Debo Samuel. We are brought to you by Hughes Orthopedics, and it's good to have you here for a second hour. We're rolling, baby. We keep on going. And um, please click like and subscribe. But I want to talk about Greg Olson. A lot of what brought so many new people to me this past week was a video that I did on about the downfall of KNBR and some of the decisions that have been made in radio here locally. Um, That KNBR video that I did brought over a thousand subscribers to my channel because a lot of people wanted to hear about people care about broadcasting and broadcasters. There's a connection made on the radio that's very intimate. It's very special. It's always meant an awful lot to me. I'm going to tell you, I'm thrilled to find out that you can make an even more special, more intimate connection in a chat room here on your own channel on YouTube. You know, on the radio, you could build an audience. On YouTube, you can build a real community. And it's special. And I hope you plan on being a part of it by clicking like and subscribe and helping me out as we grow this thing. But I appreciate good broadcasting. And I have heard enough of it from Greg Olson to where I say, without reservation, Greg Olson is, without a doubt, one of the best color guys I've, I've ever heard. Like, to me, Greg Olson is just checking every single box a broadcaster can. He has wonderful information. He has playing day experience, which translates in how he sees and comments on a game. His cadence... You know, not stepping on his broadcasting partner. He's never over-talking. Burkhart always has plenty of time to come back in with play-by-play. So he's got great cadence. He's got a really good sense of humor. He's got good pop culture references. Um, He's got the ability to dissect or predict plays, either something that just happened, he explains why it just all went down, or something that might happen, and more often than not, he's, like, right about that. Greg Olson, if he's going to be replaced by... Anyone else, it better frickin' be Tom Brady, right? And I don't think anyone can be better than Greg Olson. Maybe Brady can be as good. Is he going to be more famous? Without a doubt. But Greg Olson is an A-plus color commentator. I really think so. Guy's fantastic. Just fantastic. An outstanding broadcaster. One of the things that he shared today was a story about how Kyle Shanahan keeps getting his guys bought in. And he said something to the effect that, you know, he explains to the guys, if you're not getting targeted enough, if you're not getting targeted enough for your liking, what we're going after is we're attacking coverage. We're not going away from you, we're attacking coverage. And he explains to guys why they might not be involved, and that keeps guys from not creating their own doubt. Why am I not involved today? Did I do something wrong? Am I doing something that coach doesn't like? He explains to guys why they're not involved, to create, to keep them from creating their own doubt. And that was relayed by Olsen today. I thought it was a great little story. And by the way, thanks so much to to Killamig, Purdy rating is just going up each and every week. This is like he's in Madden. 368 yards today. I remember, uh, I don't even want to talk about noodle arms or who, who has you know handicapped an entire f- franchise the wrong way. Not just one player, but how can someone literally cover a franchise every day and still not know what they look at? No idea, no, no clue as to what they're looking at. I don't even want to get into that. I want to talk about someone who's good at their job. So back to Greg Olson. It's one thing for a color commentator to come in here and be good within the vacuum of the game. It's another thing to know background, and that's where Olsen really impressed me today. The background, was he was discussing the Isaiah Oliver, Diamador Lenore, Ambry Thomas playing love triangle after the Chavarius Ward injury, The fact that he knew that, the way that that all went down, that's a very, like, inside 49er, inside baseball story to tell. So that means this guy's doing his research. You know, he's just not identifying the play correctly and the player correctly and the play type correctly. But he knows the background of this stuff and how playing time is earned and taken away. You know, we're talking a fourth or fifth guy in the secondary. Like, Greg Olson just knows the league. I think he's really good. Really good. All right. So good day for Greg Olson. Good, good day for the 49ers. Like I said we got a little community here and when one person's hurt and we all hurt we're hurt with him Drew is saying my father-in-law passed away Friday night he was a big Cowboys fan we're rooting for them boys big time with heavy hearts well condolences Drew uh hopefully your uh, your wife's side of that family is doing well and you're doing okay and very sorry to hear that but yeah let's hopefully hopefully he can push the buttons in the sky to get the Cowboys into that win column over the Eagles on Sunday night football. Here's a legit question. Is every punter an Australian now? It feels that way. I mean, every single college team has like an Australian punter in his late twenties or early thirties. It feels like there is a straight up Australian evasion on special teams. By the way, that's the only other, like, here's something that I didn't like note about this game today. Debo took the ball out of the end zone on kick return. He got to about the 15-yard line before he got absolutely blasted. Debo Samuel has enough house credit to do with the ball what he wants. He's also enough of a bad motherfucker where he can take that ball and run through dudes. And I do want Debo Samuel on kick return in the postseason, and, you know, in a game in Philadelphia that was a have-to-have, have. I didn't think that this game today was, like, an event horizon game. Like, you gotta—this is it. You gotta—this is—you gotta, gotta, gotta. Even though, in many ways, it really was. But you can't get Debo hurt playing special teams. That just cannot happen. It can't happen, man. That guy's too susceptible. I I mean, I, I like Debo. I like him on kick return, but I don't like him getting buried— on special teams. And so I think I would just ask Ronnie Bell to do that. I really would. And pray that Ronnie Bell doesn't make any mistakes. Damon's about 10 minutes behind the chat. Damon gets 10, 15, 20 minutes behind the chat. Damon doesn't have a producer. So you got that right. Thank you very much, Melvin. So I'm just we're, we're just, we're just flowing. We're just rolling together. Again, there's so much stuff here. If you really want to stand out, that super chat does help you stand out. And I'm not saying that you got to pay to play or anything like that. But as I'm trying to go, that always catches my eye, which I think is the point of it. Locke is not starting anywhere, free agent or not. Look, I mean, Locke has got a lot of skills. It's just hard for him to put them all together in one game. I thought, look, I thought he was impressive today. He really was. He was 22-31 for 269 yards. He did throw two touchdowns, two interceptions as well, including a bad lollipopper that he just kind of put up for grabs. But I thought that Locke did more to give the Niners a headache today than we saw Geno give the 49ers a headache on Thanksgiving. I mean, Drew Locke today was was pretty good. Hold on. Let's see if we can go clean sweep up here. We got uh, Collinsworth's no-one-likes-hims kid, Tony Dungy. And uh, did everyone just pick the Dallas Cowboys across the board? Did we get a full sweep of Dallas Cowboy picks? Did anybody take the Eagles? Everybody, Rodney Harrison included, took the Cowboys. Well, that means the Eagles are going to win. Damn it. All right. I've never seen this before. Pete Carroll looks like an old lady CHP officer. <laughs> you think Pete Carroll looks what, what are you saying? Like Pete Carroll looks like an old lesbian? Is that what you're telling me? I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't get an old lesbian vibe when I look at Pete Carroll. I don't. Mike man, Thank you, Mike Mann. I'm praying that Trey Lance plays tonight. Look at it this way. If Trey Lance gets in there and plays tonight, things have gone either incredibly well for the Dallas Cowboys or incredibly poorly. There's no middle. There's that That road forks in two directions. That is, the Cowboys are winning by 35 points or Dak Prescott got airlifted out of the fucking stadium and everything is bad now. Like that, that's how that goes. Chef Craig's chef Craig's not going to lie. It's very hard to root for the cowgirls, right? Yeah. But exact, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's the way it goes. Big Chicken, I agree with you here. Look, it was a good day for the 49ers. It was a better day for the 49ers players than it was for the coach at the end of the half when Kyle Shanahan just gave a possession away, didn't even want it, was handed to him and he didn't want it. Terrible time management on the Niners at the end of the half. That's what I keep, look, big chicken, the only thing I can tell you is that there, there's there got to be something that we don't know. He's got to have an explanation, whether I like it or not or buy it or not, he's got to have an explanation that explains that away in some way other than, yeah, I just didn't want to use my timeouts. I just want to go to the locker room. I, like, I mean, it that didn't make any sense. dk is a punk you know he is but i'd want him on my team i like the fighting him. i like the squabbles he is he is someone that pisses off other football players and he look at he's like offensive dre greenlaw kind of you know he'll play through the echo of the whistle And he will get in guys' faces, and he will trash talk, and he will shove, and he will point, and he'll be all up in your face mask doing this. It's kind of who he is. You don't like it because he does it against you. I like aggressive football players. I like wide receivers who aren't unphysical. You know, I I, I like a wide receiver who's out there starting shit. I do. I like DK Metcalf. He's a... Specimen. Absolute first guy off the bus level specimen. So I know you don't like him. I know you don't like him. If you were a Niner, you would love him. Absolutely love him. Brock Purdy is the best thing to happen to the 49ers since Eddie D hired Bill Walsh flow. You know, that's such a big seminal moment that I want to argue with you. I don't know if I can. I mean, I've never even thought of it. Like, what is it, the biggest moment then? I mean, let's see where this goes. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if the 49ers, the 49ers go on to do something this year that rhymes with Cooper Hole. I don't, even, I don't want to talk about the postseason yet. I don't. I don't want to talk about it, the, but there will be a time to talk about the postseason. This isn't it. But if the 49ers do something that rhymes with stupor, Knoll then yeah, Brock Purdy will have been the best thing to happen to the 49ers since Eddie D hired Bill Walsh. I, I think so. I think so. You know, um, What he's doing is remarkable at this point in his career from any starting point. First, second, third, any round, doesn't matter. To be this good, this efficient, this early in a career is just remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. And... If he wins the Super Bowl this year, it's one of the great stories ever told in sports. It's like if you turn the script into Disney, they'd be like, nah, fluff it up a little. It's, it, it, no, one, no one would believe it. And that's what this is. It's maybe the NFL's single best story since Kurt Warner in terms of out-of-nowhere success. Now, the reason why the Kurt Warner story goes down not as a footnote but as the benchmark of unbelievable football stories the NFL's ever produced Is because Lombardi was his. He did it. They won the whole damn thing. And if Brock Purdy does that, I mean, holy shit. It'd be absolutely incredible. But there is so much football between now and then. I don't even want to talk about it. So thank you very much, T-Flow. Great question. I don't want to talk about it. Not yet. Not yet. Otis Bird III, one of our fearless leaders, is in here. Hey, what's going on, Otis? Always great to see you, man. Thanks for stopping on by. Thanks to all of you for stopping on by. Thanks to Dr. Paul Hughes for sponsoring Post Game and Damon. Again, if you have knee pain, if you have shoulder pain, if you've been told... By any doctor, you have arthritis, you've got bone on bone, you've got joint pain, you've got problems with your, with your meniscus, or I think that's the, yeah, that's like the the cushion that your whole knee rocks on. If you have torn that up and you've been told you might need knee or shoulder replacement surgery, don't get that surgery until you've talked to talk to Dr. Paul Hughes, go to orthopedicsurgeries.com, orthopedicsurgeries.com, and that might help you avoid an orthopedic surgery because Dr. Paul Hughes is a specialist in stem cell and P was PRP replacement therapy. I got the Kobe Bryant knee juice put in me. My knees feel great. If you want your knees to feel great, if you want your aching joints to feel great, see Dr. Paul Hughes. All right. I'm going to go over some raw numbers today. A day full of chunk plays, of course, the Niners would have a gaudy yardage total 527 yards of offense. For the 49ers, 324 for the Seahawks, 527 yards of offense, 354 passing. They averaged 9.9 yards per play. The Seahawks were pretty good today, averaging nearly six yards per play. They were at 5.9, but 9.9 yards per play, 11.8 yards per pass, 173 rushing yards. For the second week in the row, more than 100 rushing yards, more than their opponent, um... I think they had exactly 100 rushing yards more than the Eagles. They have 103 more rushing yards than the Seahawks, 173-70. to And the Niners got it done in the red zone. Two for two in the red zone today. The Seahawks were 0 for 1. Each team drew five penalties. Each team had two turnovers. Each team possessed the ball for about 30 minutes of time. And I thought it was a well-officiated game. It really was. It wasn't a game where the officials got in the way of the game happening. That's all you can really ask for, right? Greg Olson. Sexy forehead. Eh. Uh, Aikman is the standard in the booth. That is from Burnell Lawrence III. I think Aikman's good. I don't think he's nearly as information-ready as Greg Olson is. I, I don't know. Troy Aikman's okay. I think he's a little overrated. He's not bad. He doesn't get in the way. He doesn't detract from a broadcast. I'll give him that much. Like, broadcasters, for the most part... When they're at their best, they're like offensive linemen or officials that they're having a great day that you don't even notice. A really good broadcaster has a really good day. You don't even notice them. But there are some guys who just drop so much interesting stuff on you that it does stand out. And to me, Greg Olson's one of those guys. Greg Olson is Fox's next Terry Bradshaw, true blue forever. In terms of likability, jokeability, maybe to me, Terry Bradshaw should have been thrown off television over a decade ago. He is fucking useless. I don't think Terry Bradshaw is funny. I don't think Terry Bradshaw is cute. I don't think Terry Bradshaw is informative. I don't think he's in touch with the league anymore. And I didn't have any intention of shitting on Terry Bradshaw today, but I—I really, I'm not. I Terry Bradshaw to me has never ever made a football pre or post game show better. He's just like the goober on the set. I never was a Terry Bradshaw guy. What else? Again, Dale says, I can't stand Olsen. Why? Why? I I think he's really good. I I would like to, what is your complaint other than I can't stand him? Give me a specific complaint. I think he's well-informed. I think he is... I, I think he does a great job predicting plays, dissecting plays, explaining what happened, explaining it from a former player perspective without jamming the whole, I'm a former player thing, down your throat every other sentence. Obey Banksy. Debo runs at people violently either thing Debo's involved in enough football violence. I don't want him involved. I think in the most violent collision that you can ask for in a football field. And that's kick returner. That's just cannot lose that guy. Chef Craig says, Damon, we love being here with you. We have four BA transplants in Oregon watching. What's going on? Thanks for watching from Oregon. Go Ducks. Bo Nicks. Yeah, baby. Do you see uh, Penix finish second for the Heisman Trophy there? Good for Jaden Daniels. He deserved it. He was, he was great. But, man, Penix, just the fact he started in Indiana, I wanted him to win it so bad. I really did. Mike, you know, if you think about it, uh, uh, since Crocodile Dundee, we've really been swamped by Aussies in sports, acting, picking up American uh, lasses, et cetera. Well, I'll tell you, it's that, it's that, it's that accent. That accent, man. Like, I, I meet guys from Australia and San Francisco. I'll walk right up to them and be like, just with that accent alone, you're going to clean up in this town. You're going to do really well. Chicks dig that. I mean, look at... Look at St. Mary's basketball. That's like the epicenter of the Australian invasion in American sports almost, isn't it? Damon, you do have a queen producer in the house. I do, but she's right now producing uh, two children to be very quiet. She's in charge of muting the nudniks upstairs who are always up to no good. So that's her main job here tonight. She can't be going through the chats. Maybe the missing ingredient for the Eagles tonight is going to be Big Dom. Big Dom is not allowed on the sideline. DK, Chef Craig's again says, rattling Fred's helmet. How about that? Yeah, DK did get on his helmet. You know what also? Fred Warner absolutely shoved DK getting up too. He did. That little fight at the end of the game, Fred Warner started that. He did. He got away with one right there. Dale, you know why this is awesome, Damon? People will talk to people that don't just buy Super Chats, and that's the best kind of host. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just going through what I think is going to be a good topic. You guys bring up a lot of good topics, and gals bring up a lot of good topics. So I thank you, Dale. We're not just rolling with the Super Chatters. We're a man for the people. We try to be anyways. Uh Margarine Stotch, strong win. Brock is unflappable. He really is. He's an unflappable guy. Nothing gets to him. He doesn't seem like he doesn't get that fired up for big plays. He doesn't get sulking when things go wrong. He just stays the course, man. Steady Eddie guy. He's a steady guy. Ooh, got back-to-back Super Chats right here with uh, with Hacktastic. Great show. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for the uh, the Ganja Jar donation. I really appreciate it. And the same thing for Big Chicken 2, 100%. There has to be some explanation on the end of that first half. There just has to be. Or, the, or that goes down into, like, the all-time clock mismanagement Hall of Fame. Like, you're a first- First ballot candidate with that. True Blue Forever says, uh, I'm just trying to get the bacon grease fluid joint approach. Again, the too much bacon grease is why your joints might be hurting in the first place. But if you can take care of your problem with bacon grease, go for it. I'm pro bacon solutions for the most part. I am. But Dr. Paul Hughes, once you... Put yourself in the hospital with your bacon grease injections. Call Dr. Paul Hughes, and he'll get it done the right way. Dale, I feel like we left 10 points out there. Yeah, I mean, there were opportunities. Again, well, you definitely leave points out there when you're not taking a short field with three timeouts in like 45 seconds. You'd think for sure that would at the very worst be a moody field goal attempt. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll join you in the 10 points, Dale, but at least three points. And three points in a game that does, you know, have that feeling of this is staying... Again, it wasn't close. I won't say the Seahawks were close in this game. They were in the neighborhood. They were hanging around. They were lurking in the neighborhood more than they were, like, ever standing on the 49ers' lawn about to do something. But they were... They were, circling, they were circling the block. And with another field goal, maybe that, that car would have been you know, another block away. I just don't think you can leave the door open for anybody in this league. And when you do that, you're in trouble. You get in trouble when you invite teams to hang around games they otherwise would have no business hanging around in. But yeah, I did see. What did Bryce Harper have? Some sort of I like the Dallas Cowboys intro. I thought I thought I saw Bryce Harper in a Cowboys hat. Dude, he's from Vegas. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Cowboys fans, and there's here's the thing: there's a lot of Cowboys fans everywhere. Did I say Nick Moody? You know what I mean, Jake. Again, El Stroco Loco. Um, the, here's a very fair question. I'm glad you brought it up because I almost said something. But then I thought, I wonder how many of my audience members have seen Cannonball Run. It's an old movie officially now. Damon, what did you think of Terry Bradshaw and Cannonball Run? He was outstanding. That might be peak Bradshaw. Like other than mid-70s Steelers, that's peak Bradshaw right there. When he comes up in the pool after crashing the car in the pool and he's like, let's get a beer. That's great, Terry Bradshaw. Matt asks, Damon, uh, what do you think about the resolution of the Dom situation? I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. Pull that guy off the field for his next game. I would have maybe pulled his pass for the entire season, but whatever. I think he's learned his lesson. He's got his 15 minutes of fame. I've also heard... That if you've actually, if you were to meet Dom, you'd really like him. Like he raises money for autistic children. There's a lot to like about Dom. So I'm satisfied. And I think you should be too. And the Niners won that game going away and not even Dom could stop it. By the way, 7 nothing Cowboys. So if Dom is the good luck charm, he ain't there giving him good luck. Not at the beginning of this game anyways. Rockin' New Air 84 says, Damon, yeah, Olsen is is really good. I'm glad you agree. I think he's really good. Mike says, every network football panel has its pathetic clown. I don't understand why. I don't understand. I don't understand how football just bowed to like so much of society was like, Hey, let's just be candy ass and try to joke about everything and just make everything so lighthearted and fun. And it's all entertainment. The whole thing about football is people take it seriously enough to where some serious diagnosis of what is going on or what might actually happen. I think there's a craving for it. I mean, one of the reasons people watch less TV isn't just because there are more options and we have less time to do so. One of the reasons why is because so much of this stuff has just gone to shit. You know, I mean, I used to be the kind of guy who would like a Ron Jaworski NFL edge show where they'd really get the X's and O's out and explain to you how football works a little bit. I get into that. Now, maybe that's not for the casual fan, and that's all these pre- and post-game shows are looking to court. They want to make sure that you stick around and don't flip the TV to something else before the next game comes on, and that's all they're looking to do. I don't know, but to me, I don't know why candy-ass unfunny humor is dialed up so off, uh, uh, like often. I think that uh, Rob Riggle is funny in movies. Whenever I see Rob Riggle on a TV football pregame set, I cannot change the channel fast enough. Rob Riggle goes from being like a really funny welcome presence in a movie to the least welcome presence on my TV when he's starting to do football stuff. Like, here's Rob Riggle telling 22 stupid jokes in a row in three minutes. None of them are going to land. I don't know who's into that. Mike Fuss, thanks very very much saying uh Damon I started uh Purdy. Brandon Ayuk, Kittle and CMC in my fantasy. Did good. Wow, you just went all in. Pushed all in on Niners. That's not spreading the investment around, but today you you did well with it. Steven Cass says, if Garoppolo played today, the Niners would have lost. He can't throw long. You take away the short game. Jimmy lose. Purdy, throw long and accurate, totally through the Seahawks. Play, plan, away. Look, I I do think he stretches the field better than Jimmy ever could. Um, Brock is just, Brock is better on his second or third read than Jimmy is on his first. If you really want to get into what the difference is and what is that, that goes back to eyes, how quickly you see and process the field. Jimmy, it's funny, Larry Kruger and I talked about this on 49ers Wake Up just a week ago. He would have Greg Cosell on, and Greg Cosell would always say, like, Jimmy gets challenged late in the down. In other words, if Jimmy has to come off of his first read, good luck. Good luck to you, if Jimmy's on read two, or God bless you if he's on read three, because he's a very he's good early in the down, he's bad late in the down. Purdy's good throughout the entire down. Whether it's quick strike, whether he's processing, whether he's reading, whether he's in the middle of the field, scanning the entirety of the field, whether he's on the sidelines or the hashes, Purdy seems to see it all. Guy's got great eyes, great eyes. Roddy Richards, now he's just trying to get at me here. Damon, how did that loss to Auburn by 30 in basketball go? I'm pissed off. That was not good. Thank you for asking. Go Hoosiers. But God, that was bad. DK was pissed off today. He was. He wasn't just pissed off for greatness. He had one of those, I want the ball more. I'm not happy. Now, a more mature receiver would be like, I got a backup quarterback in here. I'm getting blanketed over here. He's looking to do things. Like, you shouldn't get angry when your backup quarterback's not finding you. Although, maybe it works the other way. Maybe you're thinking like, dude, you're a backup quarterback. Just throw the damn ball up. I'll I'll take care of the rest. I don't know. But DK, he didn't have the day that he wanted to have. What did, Let me see what his numbers finished with. You had two Niners receivers over 100 yards. Seven catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown for Debo. Six catches, 126 yards for Brandon Ayuk. Three catches, 76 yards for George Kittle. Uh, DK Metcalf had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown, a long 31. Five targets for a good chunk of that game, though. He was not being targeted. And that's where a lot of his frustration was born from, no doubt. No doubt about it. It's the people's chat. It is the people's chat. Damon, a man of the people. yeah, we're not I'm not just a man of the of the super chat. Look at this spreading the word. I mean, you want to talk about how you helped this out. you hit subscribe, you hit like. And word of mouth, nothing spreads the love like the word of mouth. You got three more subscribers in Oregon today, buddy. Sweep them hawks. We get harassed every week. I bet you do. But look, thank you very much, chef. And again, if you like what you're seeing, if you like this show, if you like, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, tell your circle about it. Subscribe to Damon Bruce Plus. This is not the typical sports show. Because typical sports shows these days are based around inflammatory, hot takes, clickbaity nonsense. It's just not what I do. I, I couldn't even do it if I wanted to. So, I hope you dig it. I really do. And if you don't, well, that's really too bad. Because I don't have to change for anyone anymore. I can just be me over here. So, I thank you very much for wanting this. Please like, subscribe, notify, all those good things, and tell your friends. Share some videos, push them around. See what happens. Thank you very much. Uh, Deuce I. Ray says Brock tied the NFL record for most consecutive 70% completion games with Joe Montana. You mean, that, that, I don't know if that's an NFL record, or maybe it's the Niner record. I'll have to find that later. Michael says, Damon, can you put up any 49er post-interviews interview, post-game? Well, I'm, you know, there's Larry captures stuff off Twitter and plays it. Maybe in year two. Like, let me get to year two of this before I start trying to incorporating video and razzle-dazzle. Now, I'm still on the bunny hill, man. I'm still learning how to use this. The fact that I haven't closed out my own screen five different times today is a freaking miracle. It really is. I am not the most technologically savvy dude in the room. So, again, the fact that you can hear me and see me right now is amazing. If it weren't for Jillian, you might be able to hear me, but I don't know if you'd see me and I'd probably be fuzzy. All right. What else we got going on here? Because I got all kinds of notes I haven't even gotten into. George Kittle's big play, his big touchdown right after the Seahawks scored in the second half. Kittle made that game 28-16, just two plays into the fourth quarter. And that was a point in the game where, hey, it was 21-16. You know, I mean, the Seahawks, if they were going to get back and climb into this afternoon, it was a get the 49ers off the field, get the ball back and do something with it. That didn't happen. Hey, diddle diddle, George Kittle runs through the middle and that's his touchdown on the afternoon. That was a big play in this game. Then you had Seattle's, again, first big mistake. That's when... Jair Brown, who's done a great job filling in for Talanoa Hufanga. Let's just call it what it is. This kid is a player, too. Um, You had the Jair Brown intercepting that lollipop that Drew Locke threw up looking for one of those DK Metcalf targets. And then it looked like the Niners were really going to pull away. Big pass play to Brandon Ayuk, but Julian Love stripped him straight up. Ripped it right out of his hands. Great play by Julian Love. Julian Love had a good game today. That was a 33-yard tight window throw by Purdy that was you know erased by the, the fumble. And Christian McCaffrey, I think, had the tackle on that. McCaffrey's first play of the game, like right out of the rip, boom! 72 yards going up the field. We saw Jordan Mason today. So Elijah Mitchell, not in the mix today. Jordan Mason gets his name called. He got into the end zone. He ended up with one carry for six yards and a touchdown. Ta-da, Jordan Mason. Good to see him, though. He's big guy. Dale thinks Olsen's voice is grating as hell. I don't know. His voice doesn't bother me. And I'm a little bit of a voice snob, you know, as a broadcaster. I like a little bass in that voice, but I just think he's good. I think it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like when your information and your preparation to me is that good. And that's what really stands out for me uh, when it comes to Greg Olson. All right. What else we got going on here today? Slick Nick Mullins won a game today. Yeah, baby. Nick. <laughs> is uh the shadow of death valley again i would recognize that name have i ever seen it before welcome you're new here thank you for being here i hope you've subscribed uh d bruce i think it was the past nfl draft where one of the networks opened a segment with rob riggle making a stupid face on a bus ride to the draft i immediately was like nope and clicked it off yeah i just i know it's not going to be good werewolves of sanger it feels a little feels funny. You you show me on the doll where the Cowboys touched you, right? R- rooting rooting for the Cowboys has got to feel weird for Niners fans. Did Jalen Hurts just fumble? Hold on. Are we looking at this? They are reviewing this bad boy. They taking a look at this. Cowboys got a lot of sizzle on their sideline right now. They're up 7-0, 542 remaining in the first quarter. And Jalen Hurts has fumbled. Okay. Again, go Cowboys. Feels weird. Go Cowboys. Yeah, he got stripped the same way Brandon Ayuk got stripped from behind. Who ripped that out? Hell of a play. Seattle's legit, better than their record. Paul Coffey, I'll agree with you. Seattle is not a bad football team. They're, they're good enough to be in a lot of games. They were in this game today with Drew Locke more than they were in the game against the 49ers on Thanksgiving. I really didn't expect that. That's, you know, Pete Carroll deserves an awful lot of credit for the culture that he's laid down. I thought that both these teams suffered big injuries that changed the game plan and how good either team could really be in this game today. When Mooney Ward went down with an injury, which we'll still learn the details of, um, and you had Witherspoon going down with an injury. The young uh, uh, corner for, for the Seahawks, he's a really good player. And when he went down and didn't come back, I felt like that opened up some big play opportunity. And boy, did the 49ers make a bunch of big plays in their passing game. Again, two wide receivers over 125 yards and a career-high passing day for Brock Purdy, 368 yards. I want to invite you again back here for Niners Wake Up. 49ers Wake Up, a special 8.30 Monday morning start time I got to drop off the boys at school and daycare uh, because Jillian's on a work trip uh, starting tomorrow. She wakes up at like five in the morning. She's off to the airport. She's going to be in New York for a week. So I'm on dad duty. Which means I got to drop the boys off. She normally handles that during 49ers' wake up, but I got to do it tomorrow. So we're going to have an 8:35 start time for 49ers' wake up. I hope you join me and Larry Kruger. It's a show that is simulcast on our channels, and again, we are both very good live post game reacting to everything that just happened. But you give us a night. To sit through some statistics, really get our talking points together, that 49ers wake-up show is the biggest morning show in the Bay Area right now, and it's growing by the day, by the week, by the ridiculous radio station firing after galactically unpopular move that each of these stations move and make today. They drove their audience to me. And I thank so many of you for being new members and in here today, and hopefully you enjoyed what we did today. And again, if you want to enjoy a better quality of life, I'm going to put up his information one more time for you to see here in this show, Surgeries.com, Dr. Paul Hughes, this man has worked for... The Rams, the Cardinals, the Blues. He is a sports medicine specialist. He is a finely trained orthopedic surgeon who decided that these surgeries, for the most part, are unnecessary with the stem cell and cellular replacement that he has. Basically, he took fat out of my love handle, put it in a centrifuge, spun it around, got the DNA goodness out of it, and pumped it into my knee. And my knee went from barking at me with every step, especially walking up or down the stairs... To today, I carried my Christmas tree inside my house up my steep stairs by myself. I was fine. I just trooped right up. My knee didn't bark at me once. That's all Dr. Paul Hughes. If you're looking for a non-invasive solution to joint pain, contact Dr. Paul Hughes. Offices in San Bruno. Go find out for yourself. Um, 650-242-5633. Information is info at Orthopedic Surgeries. Dot com. Thanks again to Dr. Paul Hughes for sponsoring what I do. Thanks to all of you for being a big part of what I do. You daily plusers, you you just you're fantastic. What a community you've allowed this to become. Again, all I can do is put up the tent. It's up to you to come into the circus. And I thank you for doing it. Michelle Haberman, one of our OGs, saying, Damon, listening on my car ride home after a fantastic Niner win over the Hawks, just like the old days. Yeah, Michelle's checking in, going to games. It's great stuff. It's, uh, look, I don't like Levi Stadium, but Niners fans enjoyed their time in there today. There's no doubt when the team is good, it doesn't matter what the stadium is, I guess. A good football team cures all poorly designed stadia, I guess. (laughs) Super Vega 211. Damon, that's why we're here for you. We're all here for your sexy voice, not your Seth Rogen looks. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks very much. Oh, I, I appreciate the honesty. 82 Atlantic. Damon, how about the Bears? How about them Bears beating up on the Lions? I always knew that Dan Campbell was fool's gold. Look, I don't know if he was fool's gold, but he didn't have a good day today, did he? Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. Not today he didn't. Not today he didn't. And that Lions loss makes the Niners win that much more of a lean forward moment And would make a Cowboys win over the Eagles a seriously lean forward moment. Damon, you should give the time zone because some of us are not in the West Coast. But Dale, if you know that I am in the time zone that is the West Coast, do I have to give it to you? No, I hear you. You're right. I got to think way beyond local radio now. And when I give times, I need to put the time zone on it. 8.30, Monday morning, Pacific time. Wake up, 49er wake up, Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger. We hope to see you there. And then I will be doing my solo show at 11 a.m. as well, right here on the Plus. And then from both shows, we extract the videos that will hopefully be dazzling you all week long. And again, while Jillian is gone, you're all in charge. Please keep Damon in check while I'm gone. Plucers, it's on you. Thank you. There are other morning shows in the Bay? That No, not anymore. Thank you. Zothmus. Oh, here's the thing. This is not just me bragging. Look at the wife and say, Damon speaks the truth. I was so surprised. He carried the tree and all by himself. How about that? So there it is, my friends. There it is. Another convincing 49ers win, 28-16 over their division rival, bringing them to 5 and 1 at home overall this year, the only loss coming to the Cincinnati Bengals. A 10-3 overall record. The only other NFC. Hold on. Let me get this right. I want to get this right. Let me open up the standings. I believe I do have this right, but I want to just double confirm it with my own eyeballs before I say it out loud and into the microphone. The only other team in the NFC with 10 wins is playing the Dallas Cowboys tonight and currently trailing 7-0. So... The 49ers would be in the same boat with the Philadelphia Eagles with a game in hand over them and still an awful long road to hoe before you can even start thinking about a one seed, but the opportunity would open itself for possibility if the Eagles lose on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. So we will see if indeed that does happen. Again, this was a Trent Williams game for the Niners. He just came out and put the hurting on an awful lot of people. Drew Locke gave the Niners probably more than they expected, but when it was all said and done, Brock Purdy more than overcame his one turnover for an afternoon where he sets a personal career day passing Brock Purdy throwing for, excuse me again, I want to get this right, what did I say, 356 yards? 368 yards, so sorry. 368 yards, don't take anything away from Brock Purdy you can't take anything away from the Niners after a win like this. You can't take anything away from the greatest morning show that is going to arrive 8.30 a.m. West Coast time. I want you to go ahead and be there for 49ers Wake Up on my channel. There's an 11 a.m. show West Coast time on my channel as well. I want to remind you one more time if you are in San Francisco, the Bay Area, and need a Christmas tree, get to the Guardsman Tree Lot. It's a great charitable donation to Towards a great cause. And I do hope you would consider in giving to the guardsman, guardsman.org. This great t-shirt, this vintage year that the Niners moved into San Francisco, not moved, what were born, 1946. Um it's available at Jax San Francisco. Jaxf.com. It is the coolest vintage t-shirt store you're going to see. Uh, jaxxsf.com. And when you do indeed check out at jackssf.com, use promo code Damon Bruce10 for 10% off your purchase. You can get all of your holiday shopping done. The coolest vintage. T-shirts you're ever going to find concerning Bay Area sports are there at Jack's. As always, thanks to Dr. Paul Hughes. Thanks to Ikes, my man, who did all he could to get Shohei Otani into town. It wasn't enough. Neither he, his sandwiches, nor the Giants or their money could get the Giants to come to t- town, get, could get Shohei Otani to come to San Francisco. And so he's a Dodger for $700 million. And we'll talk about that a little bit more at 11 a.m., after we go through another strong couple hours of football coverage and 49ers wake up. Um, and we want to again thank Uncle Boys. We'll get all our sponsors in here today on the way out. Uncle Boys, wonderful, wonderful San Francisco business. You can go ahead and get a burger, try the Lumpia and the Onion Rings, an Inner Richmond original, a San Francisco original on Balboa. And what's that, like second and third or fourth right over there? Uncle Boy's, great place to get a burger. Ike's, great place to get a sandwich. When you eat too much and need your knees replaced, Dr. Paul Hughes is a great place to get that taken care of. And hopefully this was a great place for you to come and be amongst like-minded sports fans with a host who's not here to bullshit you. And hopefully you dug it. I thank you so much for being a part of this. Again, we will be back. We will be back at the two-minute warning of every single Niner game. I don't care if they're playing on Christmas or on New Year's Eve. We're going to be right here for that. So we'll spend the holidays together. We'll bring the whole family down. We'll maybe get some cookies and milk together. It'll be a grand old party. It'll be great. Dale says, Damon, thank you for the great show, for spending some time with us. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Dale, it was my pleasure. And I thank you so very, very much for being a part of this. Again, it's all new to me. It's all growing. We're not even through our first year together here on YouTube, and it's already done some things that I'm very, very proud of. As is the podcast, you're going to get that podcast, the Damon uh, Damon Bruce Plus, available anywhere you get your podcasts. And this podcast, post and Damon show is about 15, 20 minutes away from appearing in the podcast verse. I'm going to post that right away. Going to make it a two-parter since this was nearly two hours. I thank you for all of this. I really, really do. Thank you for being here with me. And I want you to, uh, no matter how weird it feels, root for the Cowboys tonight. It's what you need, Niners fans. And what you need to know is that you... You don't have to go home now. You just can't stay here. And I'm very proud to always remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it.